Hey everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am Sal, and today we are going to talk Star Wars books. And not only are we going to talk Star Wars books, we're going to talk a really badass Star Wars book in my, dare I say, professional opinion. Uh, Ronin, a Visions novel by Emma Mieko Kendon. And to talk this book with me, so I'm not here staring at myself shouting into the void, I have a very special guest. You might know him from YouTube, Star Wars Explained, the world-famous Alex Damon. World-famous? I don't, I don't think so. I, I hope like, not. That's too much. YouTube's on the world, right? Like, who doesn't watch YouTube, man? <laughs> that's, that I'm seems... just like, that's too many people. That's too many people. We're not supposed to know this many people. Twitter's crazy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah, it was a, a good day yesterday. We had Book of Boba Fett. We're just a lot. So much stuff is coming. It's it just is. right on the right on the other side of uh, this month. <laughs> like there's always this weird part that feels like it's going to be. I don't I don't like to use the like Star Wars dry spell, but like I know when the Bad Batch ends. I know I can get all my book reviews in in episodes or something like that or mm-hmm. catch up on comics. And we got War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, and I'm like, OK, we got plenty of time to do that. We got plenty of time to do that. Now we got this trailer. This thing's coming December 29th. I think we got like eight weeks. And I'm like, I still haven't done my War of the Bounty Hunters episode. Uh, that Thrawn book is coming out next week or <laughs> in two weeks. Oh, yeah. And it's long, too. Yeah. Yeah. Thrawn books are always very. Um, like for me, Thrawn books, it's all about. I love the part where Thrawn, like you see what Thrawn was doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. The, the Sherlock Holmes yeah. reveal. But then like those details, like working, it, it's always a slow burn. Thrawn books are always a slow burn. So I'm working my way through Thrawn right now uh, to tie up that Ascendancy trilogy, which is good times. Uh, what do I have here? Lego shenanigans? Oh yeah, you make Legos. That's fun. <laughs> yeah we do i don't know why i have that here i just have that here because uh i don't know i enjoy that you build legos on youtube that's the thing that happens Where yeah that's happen? our, our weekly our wednesday live stream that we just hang out we build some legos and we talk you build legos worldwide yeah i guess we do <laughs> it happens across the world i'm just saying i want to see like i want to see the uh you know the the like montage of like you know, people watching like Star Wars Explained on Times Square and then like, <laughs> you know, at the Tokyo big giant screens and stuff. Good times. That's how I imagine it. Uh, I, I can't imagine it like that. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. I get it. Uh, you can check us out at therogerebels.com. Go like our Facebook page. We are on Instagram at the Rogue Rebels and TikTok. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh, and you can. Nope, that's old. You can hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Rebels Fam. Spotify has just added this little like poll feature that I find cute. Um, so when I upload a podcast episode to Spotify, it'll be like, hey, like put a poll on this episode. So like in theory, if you listen to this episode on Spotify, you can like answer a few questions and I can like highlight them. And it seems like super fun. So, you know, somebody hmm. go and do that. So I can be like last week, such and such said. I don't know, Crimson Dawn, something or other. Uh, and that'll be fun. Trust me, Spotify is fun. Uh, Alex, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, our main platform is on YouTube. We're Star Wars Explained. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, I guess those are two big ones. We, we started a TikTok too. God help us. Sweet. We're trying that out. <laughs> Sweet. I'm on it. I will be there. Uh, let's see what else we got. All right. I guess like Star Wars Visions happened, what, like a month ago, two months ago? Uh, like a month and a half. I think end of, end of September, right? Time is a flat circle. I don't know why Uh I thought I had to pinpoint it that much. Who even knows when I'm going to release this? Probably next week. We'll see. Uh, but I really dug Star Wars anime. I don't know how much of a, like, are you into like anime in the real world? Not really. I, okay. Got into anime, well, I, I tried to get into it more mm-hmm. leading up to Visions. So okay. I basically, I have a friend who is very into anime, so I had him uh, write down 
a bunch of recommendations based off of each right. studio. Right. So I, I watched a bunch of stuff and really liked a lot of it. So I cool. I, I just wasn't really I would not consider myself right. like deep into the fandom though. I always say like, yeah, you know, I like I dig anime. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I've watched anime since like the nineties. Like, what's your right. what what's what anime do you like? Oh, like Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, you know they got new movies, right? Huh. That's kind of cool. Like uh, you know, and people like my son loves JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is something crazy and ridiculous. Um, I've heard of it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, like over-the-top hilarious anime. Um, so every now and then he'll like be like, yo, can you just watch this part with me? And it'll be like seven minutes of somebody like that. I guess they're fighting, but they're like talking about the moves that they're about to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of rad and kind of hilarious. Well, that's, I mean, they, they did that in a couple Visions things as well. Uh, I, I think it was the twins where yeah. they're not really like, you know, saying moves, but just describing exactly what they're doing. It's like, let's just make sure we're all on the same page here. Right, right. There was a, a one part of the twins, especially, that I was like, oh, this is when people, all those people that were like, hey, there wasn't enough backstory. They wanted this. Because there's like one part where, you know, she's like, of course I know that we are the twins born of the dark side who right. are like risen up to do this like thing. And I was like, oh, there you go. You got your backstory right there. <laughs> I guess, you know, uh, some some people wanted, like, Snoke to have a whole soliloquy like that. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, well, hey, I, if you're yelling it while you're uh, surfing on an X-Wing, cutting a Star Destroyer in half, then I, I guess it's that, all right. Yeah, that was super cool. Uh, talk about precision and giant, like, limit breaks. That told, like, I, I used to play a lot of Final Fantasy, so that was all, like, I was like, this is all limit breaks. This is all... These are all ultimate power moves. Nope. Right. Okay. Everybody else says Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Yeah, that too. That works. Um, yeah, I, I I loved most of them. I liked all of them. I think like my favorite still, even though I've sat with them, I still think uh, Village Bride was just really beautifully done. That was one that it, I was like mostly confused at the end of it. And then... Okay. I saw so many people talking about how much they loved it. And so that was the first one I watched for a second time, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just like revisited and really <laughs> paid attention more. Uh, and it, I, I've, there are definitely some I like more than others. I mean, I love the ninth Jedi to death. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, um, but yeah, there's, there's not one in the bunch that I guess maybe Akakiri, that one just didn't really do much for me, but mm -hmm. the rest of them, I was like, this is a ton of fun. And just, I like all of the different takes. Yeah, definitely. And like that creative, like you can see on the screen the creative freedom that they were allowed, which I think is like huge into like making something really original. And like they all clearly had their own flavor and voice. And like that's something that I really appreciate. Star Wars, like letting that, letting it be, letting the creative inform the thing and not the other. You know, you always. You never know. Like a canon is, I don't want to say it's like binding because sometimes it can be a cool thing when things connect and it's all in story and it all builds on each other. But then sometimes like you can see how it can become limiting. Right. You know, whereas they just let these people, what is, what is he? Uh, he's a wandering Sith and his lightsaber never turns off. Rad. Um, yeah. It, it's funny. I, I did a video on like, you know, why he has a scabbard for his lightsaber and how it doesn't turn off and stuff. And just, it's like 50-50. Half the comments are like, that's so cool. And half of them are like, that doesn't work. And I'm like, it's <laughs> a completely different universe. It doesn't follow the same rules, guys. Right, like, right. They're why, like, that, why? it's impossible. And I'm like, well, lightsabers are impossible. Yeah. I, I can hear the TIE Fighters in space, but technically there's like a, yeah, no, dude, it's a movie. It's really cool. <laughs> that's just how it is. I don't know. You're going to tell me like a size, you don't want the seismic charge to make a sound? I just like the sound it makes. Just let me like right, it. yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the, the this one in particular, the duel, which ends up being like the first couple of chapters of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, like on paper, this this should be my favorite because I'm all about like those OG samurai movies. I'm all about like, you know, like this like Ronin style masterless samurai. Like I just love that sort of stuff. Like I, I I do martial arts and stuff like that too. So like Jedi are my jam, and like this is. This is all of that, and the aesthetic was really, really, really well done. And so, 
reading the book, I was able to sort of like, like when I visualize it in my head, I kind of like picked up on the aesthetic and kind of visualized it in a very classical style, if that makes any sense. Um, And that was just something I enjoyed. I remember, so I read the book a week or two before Visions came out. And I Mm -hmm. remember realizing about, I guess, after chapter one, I was like, oh, no, this is about to spoil (laughs) the the short for me. That was like my one gripe is I was like, oh, man, I wish I had been able to see it first. But uh, still, I don't know. I liked and I didn't like that I read the book first because I felt so much more attached to the characters in the duel. Right. Going into Uh, it. Yeah, going into it. So there, there were pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I did the same thing. I read, I, I finished, or I, d- I didn't finish, but I started Ronin before I, f- I uh, saw Visions. So like I knew the story was about him from the trailer, but then by the time I saw the full episode, I already like knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, the character design and everything. And I just found this somewhere online. I think fans attracts that they are making like a couple of like, figures and one of them is the ronin band presto i believe yeah where these are gonna be for sale but they look pretty dope particularly the ronin yeah the ronin one does look cool i think i'm gonna grab that uh i i hope they make more than just what they're doing like the ronin and the twins i think yeah it looks like am and kare i would take a lot of the uh, the character design from the duel is some of my favorite just all the wild things like a droid in a hat and the droid with the big Gatlin gun and the Trandoshan with the huge swords. Mm -hmm. Like I, I dug all of that so much. Everything, every, like even like the cityscape and they're, they're, um, they like rock up in that weird little transport, but it kind of looks like an AT-AT body with no legs. Like, yeah, everything about it looks like so scavenged and stuff. And I just love Mm -hmm. the, uh, yeah, the aesthetic of that episode was, Awesome. Like a gonk droid being a plate warmer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Okay. I guess let's get into the book, buddy. The So just like my spoiler-free thoughts on Ronin are it like the the Visions episode is basically like chapter one. And from there it builds this huge like book that feels like it has so much depth in history without being connected to any sort of canon other than this one little episode that we saw. Um, but it, it feels rich and it feels personal and like it has such a powerful voice. And I love the, uh, like a lot of the themes of it. Like it's very, I don't know if like, like the story is very personal to all the characters and that all of their struggles and all of their intentions and motivations and things like that are very, very like pronounced and they're given like time for you to really understand the characters and where they come from. It's definitely like a character driven story as opposed to like, hey, here's five random people and something big plot wise happens, even though something big plot wise happens. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Very, very character driven. Uh, also, just beautifully written, like I felt like it was just an elevated Star Wars story, yeah. which I'm still unsure how exactly I feel about it. Because I, I love my Star Wars to be really, really pulpy and <laughs> just like a, a New Hope is my favorite just right, for its right. simplicity and everything. But it, it was so interesting to read. Again, I mean, it felt like a very different take on Star Wars, which is exactly the point right? to, to tie it in with Visions. And this very, like, mythological, very thoughtful, like, prose put down. <laughs> I, yeah. It took me some getting used to. I, I don't know how to describe the, like, the prose. Like, the wording and the way that it's written, it feels like a a tale. But, like, not quite like a bedtime story. It's, it feels like something passed down, something personal. Like, the story is told in a way that isn't so... I don't know, man. Like, it's not so removed. Like, most Star Wars, and then the thing exploded, and then this and this happened. Like, none of that has happened. Like, none of that... It doesn't feel that way when you read it. It feels like you are very close to the characters. Um, yeah, I think when, that's a really good way to yeah. put that. Because there was a point where, even though spaceships were in the story from, like, chapter mm-hmm. three, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was like two-thirds of the way through the book, there's a big scene 
on a ship and I was like, oh yeah, like this isn't just on the ground. They are in a spaceship right now. Right, right. It, it was <laughs> the, the way they, yeah, keep it very close to the characters. Yeah, I really love like Emma's voice and the fact that like in the, I don't know, in the acknowledgements or whatever, it was like, hey, like it's, I, I think as she says, like dedicated everybody that wanted to write their heart in a Star Wars or something like that. I'm misquoting it. I should have just picked up the book and brought it upstairs like a professional, but I didn't think of that. Hey, here we are. Um, but I heard her saying that uh, when they, when she was like in talks to write the book that they basically asked her like, Hey, like write the star Wars book that you like write your dream book. And she was like, all right. And like, I feel that when I read it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like, I guess the idea of Star Wars Visions, the series where, yeah, they gave everyone a blank slate. And I guess she did have the caveat of let's set this within the world of the duel. Right. But even that is still a pretty blank slate. I mean, we have a handful of characters that that carry forward, but we don't know much about them except that they're Sith. (laughs) Yeah. Or they were at one point. Mm hmm. Lightsaber umbrellas. That's what we got. That's what we got. And I'm going to take that. Boom. Like, I forgot how many chapters. A bunch of chapters about that. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? I guess let's just get into it, man. I just... Uh, spoiler time. If you haven't read the book, yeah, I am now going... We are now going to talk about things that happen in it for reals. Um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Basically, the short is like the first two chapters. You know? But seeing it from their point of view, you realize that he's sort of like haunted in this weird way by like these this voice that he constantly hears in his head, uh, the Ronin. And it's, you know, so from chapter one, you're seeing the same thing or like us, if you read the book first, you're seeing what you're about to see in an anime. But you're seeing like a whole other side to be like, oh, this guy talks to himself a lot and maybe crazy, but also this is Star Wars, so he's probably not crazy. Yeah, like right from the get-go, we hear the whole, the the voice that's in his head that kind of leads him mm-hmm. to Sith. I mean, that, that helps him yeah. be a Sith hunter, basically, and didn't lead him directly to the bandit, uh, but led him to the to the point where she would come to him. Right, right. Um, yeah, but like the relationship between the voice and the Ronin is very like, like it's clear that he has the under like he accepts the voice but like the voice always messes with him as well like Mm -hmm. like there's a very i don't even know what to call it it's like a personal relationship but it's also like i don't know what the word is like they they almost like they poke fun at each other usually the voice making fun of the ronin right but i get like familiar but not necessarily friendly yeah yeah um, but it's really, really interesting, like the, how they play off of each other and B5 as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. and there's one point in like the story where he, he responds to the voice, like the voice says something and he says like, no, takes one. He says something back to the voice. And then the guy in the shop is like, oh yeah. You know, like the guy responds in the shop cause he just hears him talking. And then B5 is like looking at him like, dude, <laughs> shut up, man. People are going to think you're crazy. <laughs> like. <laughs> like as if B5 has to put up with this and cover for him every time this happens, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Hat droid is just like, oh, my guy, can you just can you fix like, just for five seconds, man? Can we try to be normal? Um, Yeah. But the whole fight happens, the Kyber, everything about like why he collects it. He thinks that like. Basically, he's trying to I don't want to say. um. Like there's a, as opposed to redemption, the book treats these things more like atonement or penance, like where he's trying to undo what he did and fix the damage as opposed to just being like, I'm better now. Um, And I know that simplifies Star Wars a lot, but the idea of him hunting down the Sith rebellion, which we later find out that he created. (laughs) Yeah, man, the, his story was so interesting to me where he created the Sith mm-hmm. and for completely understandable reasons. And then all of that got out of hand. Uh, so then he just went around killing them all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
like one by maybe one. try a different thing i don't know like yeah. the the cycle of violence from just this one dude was tough <laughs> yeah exactly but i love that and it uh it's weird because it seems like a little bit anakin like in that it sort of all stems from like a vision there's this like mythical kyber mirror that is this giant magical thing that artifact that they keep on the home world and oh you know when you gaze into it you see visions and apparently at one point before he he gazed into it when he was leading the sith rebellion and trying to defeat the empire and their jedi which is already a lot of things flipped on their head that we're used mm-hmm. to and he sees a vision of like unending violence so that's when he decides to like destroy end the rebellion and start killing the sith <laughs> Right. Well, it's yeah, vision of violence, and he's like, "Well, yeah. I got to stop this violence." I got by this violence. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, is it, it? It's it's and like it's it's oversimplifying it the way that I'm saying it. On paper, it does not sound as really beautifully as it works. Um, because in the book, like you sort of find this out like piece by piece as he's going down his his journey. Um, but like his motivations and and the conflict and it's it's complicated like he's not just a simple character who has like one like he's not like okay well i'm just going to end the like he doesn't want to do violence he doesn't want to be killing for the rest of his life but also he's trying to fix these wrongs that also like he tried to do the right thing at the like it's they do a really good job of keeping him i don't know i guess like the black and white things of that are so clean of classical star wars they don't they they really move to a lot of the newer like how things are complex like ahsoka is not a jedi but she's a good person with white lightsabers like i think that's something they've been doing really good lately with star wars is not letting it be so black and white and letting things have depth and shade Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah i feel like i was onto something (laughs) (laughs) no i I thought that made perfect sense Uh, um let's see so he ends up like meeting a traveler on the road with a fox mask and they are like playing flutes and they tell stories. And that is one of the best characters in, in the, uh, in the book. It's, their name is Fox or they call, what, no, they, they actually have another name, but mm-hmm. for most of the book, they're called the traveler. And I just love the idea of this, like very, uh, like determined, like grim, like silent ronin guy and next to him is the traveler being like well i'm gonna tell you a cool story and like playing the flute and like like all um because the traveler is much more like outgoing much like of a louder not even louder is the right word but like as a very bright personality (laughs) so right away yeah go ahead i i loved fox as well and it made me a little frustrated. I think that the it, at that time I was like, I, I have no idea. It could be a half an hour short that goes through half of this book, maybe. But uh, Fox was such a cool character that I was a little bummed we didn't get to see him in the short. Um, yeah, the Fox, their name is uh, Izuna. And then Koru is the bandit. So, yeah, like when you think like... You know, if you just watch the short, like, da, 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 I'm going to give you this little piece of kyber and off I go. And then when you read the next chapter in the book, it's like Koru wakes up and you're like, I'm sorry, what now? Like, OK, hold up. Like this book just got a little bit crazy. Like, uh-huh. like the, OK, this dude was having whispers in his ear, but now I got just like dead people rising up. And I don't want to hear any of this like Darth Maul business. Like she was dead and then she got up <laughs> like. It's crazy. But the theme, like a lot of that, like ghosts is a big theme and people being haunted by their past Mm -hmm. and stuff in this book. And I think like Koru is a really big like representation of that as well as being such a like, I don't know, there's only one word for it. Badass character Um, that is also as conflicted and complicated as the Ronin. You know? Yeah, I I loved watching her journey i so i would say that ronan bandit uh and fox they're kind of like the three main characters yeah because they all they all have the most change going on definitely i think but it was so cool to watch uh koru go from 
the villain who is just that's mm-hmm. it she is the villain of the duel yeah uh and i remember molly being like oh i'm sad she's dead i was just like she's <laughs> not it's fine uh and then to watch her become one of the good guys throughout the story uh-huh just like mark the page for molly and just pass her the book here <laughs> i was like it's okay chapter three <laughs> um yeah like but then watching her sort of because she sort of is like chasing the ronin for a while and then sort of coming up with the crew and meeting the crew, the rest of the, the ship is called the poor crow, which I'm sorry. It's a great name for ships. And I love the OG naming convention of way back in the nineties when we were like, Hey, everything's going to be, every ship is going to kind of be like the millennium Falcon, but a (laughs) little bit different. This is the Ebon Hawk. Like the poor crow kind of feels like it fits that, that naming convention to me. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, the moldy crow. There you go. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed that. The pilot's name is Akia, and there's another old woman whose name is Chie. And she's Chie is like this very like crafty warrior. And in fact, like when they bring the Ronin on board, the idea, at least what it seems, the the Fox, Akia, and Chie's mission is they want to return all these artifacts, all this Kyber to Rei Izu, which was like the Imperial homeworld that somehow at the end of the war was lost. They lost a planet, y'all. Like, it's gone. Um, and how they embarrassing. Think, how embarrassing. Good one, buddy. Good one. They think the Ronin can get them back to where they need to go because nobody can find the planet. Um, so... They like the Ronin's on board and Chie is like, okay, like let's train up. Like, and Chie busts out a staff and is an old lady. And Ronin's like, what for real? Like, why are we going to whapow? And then like starts getting worked over by this old lady with a staff um, <laughs> while they start training him. And she's like, Hey man, you got to be like super fit and ready to go. Like, you know, you got to be ready for action, man. we got to train you up. And Ronan's like, okay, I didn't know we were taking this seriously, but that's fine. <laughs> there um, is that kind of element that he is supposed to be, fairly old in this book yeah. which i i would not have guessed from the short alone <laughs> yeah i like a lot of times in the book he's like referred to as the old man uh-huh. i think particularly by the bandit uh koru uh usually calls him the old man but mm-hmm. like i think that's very yeah you don't see that in the animation he just looks like a dude with a metal jaw and a beautiful <laughs> ponytail that like moves in the wind so they go I, I really liked oh, uh Akia as well and her talk about like collecting kyber crystals and trying to get them home yeah. which kind of built alongside uh, his own the Ronin's collection of kyber crystals from his mm-hmm. former peers now enemies right right um and I really like that her story like when once you like you know when you meet everybody you don't really get the full like all of their backstories kind of slowly comes along with the story but -hmm. by the time you get to it like chie is like a jedi spy um and akia is a what was she she was from reizu and she like was conscripted when the sith rebellion like into the sith rebellion as a soldier and like she basically like lost her home so that's why she feels either responsible or just really wants to return all these things back home to the home that she can't find uh, because these Sith, man, just be losing planets. Um, you know. <laughs> but that that was another thing. This whole story, I think, reminds me of kind of the Mortis arc with how just mythological it felt. And the, the missing planet reminded me a bit of Definitely. Mortis and just, yeah, trying to find this quest to find a hidden land uh, that for some reason we lost the way to get there. Uh, yeah. th- that's what it reminded me a lot of. Totally. I had, I thought the same thing and I was like, Oh, this is like super red. Um, but yeah, exactly how like mythical and how, cause like when I saw, you know, when we saw that episode of Clone Wars, we're like, what? Like, but yeah, Mortis exists. It feels like it exists in some other realm, which just is, you know, this feels much like that, how they, they can't find the way they can't find the way. And then Ronan, takes them there with that magical piece of kyber or whatever um let's see 
So they sort of talk about like all all the while while the story's happening, we're hearing about this inevitable war. So we'd like just came off the Sith War or whatever, the, the Great Rebellion that, you know, damaged. And then we're about to head into another war because apparently, you know, the emperor is dying or whatever. And the sons, you know, whichever prince is going to take power, they they feel like it's going to be another war because, uh, you know, people are going to be vying once there's a power vacuum. So, like, there's a weird, like, anytime they're in the little town or at a spaceport or whatever, there's, like, a lot of background chatter you hear that's like, well, you know, we just fought one war and it looks like we're about to get into another because these princes just blah 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 uh, You know, but it's cool hearing it from, like, the common... Like the commoners that are just like, man, I'm just trying to like go do a farm thing, man. And like these, you know, we just, I just got off a of war, man. I'm trying to retire and they're just about to start another war. Uh, which, they also uh, really kind of dive into the, the Jedi and their, the, the way they are in this universe, which they're, they're more like, no, we serve our various princes or right. lords or whatever. They aren't like a unified order, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, in fact, like the Jedi are basically like straight up cut out samurai. Mm-hmm. Like they serve the Lord, and that's what they do. That's their job. And the uh, except there's like a point where we meet a few characters that of Jedi that are lords. So like sometimes I guess if they build up enough power or whatever, they can become take right. a lordship themselves. Like there's one character in particular. Uh, Lord Hanurai, who's like a Jedi who built up so much power that he became a lord and has his own very fancy ship, y'all. This ship sounds so fancy. I was like, in my mind's eye, it was really cool. <laughs> um, you know, and that's sort of so like it sort of flips everything that we know on its head. Like as soon as you realize that the Jedi are the Jedi are samurai, basically, then the Ronin's rebellion is almost like a trying to like defeat that power structure. You know what I mean? And in a weird way, it sort of like flips the Sith that we know into being like, you know, trying to take down the, 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 the government and power and stuff like that. If that makes any sense. You know? Well, it's like what you said with, instead of it being very black and white, there are shades here mm-hmm. and yeah, the Jedi are different, but also it's kind of, a similar situation that we see in the actual Star Wars universe where, you know, once they start to be overly connected to the Republic, mm-hmm. it's not any longer about like, we are the Jedi and we wander the galaxy and we help whoever needs help. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, we're kind of teamed up with the Republic and we help people in the Republic. Yeah. And, you know, there are some people outside of the Republic where it's like, I mean, it's a shame that slavery is over there, but, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? That's Tatooine. That's not the Republic. So yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of that in a way is that yeah. all of these samurai Jedi are like, no, we serve our Lord and whoever our Lord commands us to help. But if our Lord commands us to go fight another Lord and their Jedi, then we'll do that. Yeah. And exactly. so the, the Sith are like, at the start, at least, kind of the looking out for the the little man, so to speak, where yeah, in a weird that, that's way. the Ronin's big turning point, right? Is yeah. that he will not execute someone that his lord tells him to. Yeah, for well, he didn't agree with the reason or he felt it was wrong or whatever. Yeah, and that starts everything. Or was it they? He he refused oh. to go fight because he didn't want to put like his. S- padawans in harm's way so i believe that he if i remember correctly he has like he has like a crew of fellow jedi and like they became you know they've been through so many battles that they bonded so well and i guess because it's very clear that his lord ordered him to kill somebody and he didn't want to do it so i i i think the assumption that i took was they ordered him to kill one of his fellow jedi who maybe didn't complete a mission or something like that and he refused and those were the jedi that became the first sith I don't know. You can check yeah, out my, been, check out my YouTube like, channel at Star Wars Explained by Sal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm over here. I'm like, it's been two months and I'm trying my best. <laughs> don't worry. I have a channel for you. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It kind of throws me back to those very those very powerful, angry vibes I met. I had when I read <laughs> Dooku and they're like, let's see. Sereno, Sereno. 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. You guys did not pay your republic taxes. We can't help your planet right now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. My bad. My bad, do. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like the idea of the Sith. But then once the whole rebellion really gets started and the idea also of him, like they say very much as they're all talking about these legends of the of the rebellion and all that, they keep calling him like the Dark Lord and his and his witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very clear that he had her. And of course, we come to find out that that's the voice, although not quite like that's the voice that he was hearing in his head. Um leading him along this path to finish the Sith and all the job and all that. Um, let's see. I don't know. Like th- this book is very complicated, but it's like when I write it down on paper, it's like, okay, then they went to another planet and then they found a little thing. And then they went to like a spaceship and then they got captured. And then, uh, so like, as I'm going through the plot, it's not going to sound as awesome as it sounds when you read these words that were put down on paper, <laughs> the way they are put down on paper. Cause I can't, do them justice um so everybody please trust me on that and read this book <laughs> the they go to Dekian because the ronin says look i can take you there but i need to go get this thing like i i left an artifact that can lead us in the right direction so they go and like Dekian is this weird like like it was some sort of battlefield or holy place or something but now it's like a tourist attraction almost it feels like you know, yeah. And so yeah. like, you know, at one point they're like trying to get there and they're like, look, the, the caverns are all lit up and there's like paths for tourists to come check it out. And so they like they go this weird back way and they like swim down a tunnel to get to this graveyard where he apparently the Ronin left a crystal there. And the crystal or the Kyber is a shard of the mirror that he broke. Mm-hmm. Um, which which like, the Kyber mirror is a super fun concept. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like the Kyber mirror and like all of the scenes that sort of revolve around that are crazy in my head, like beautifully captured and such a wonderfully like mythic concept. You know what I mean? That like we haven't seen anything really like that. I don't know. I guess like they have a what did I read? It was like it <laughs> wasn't it that holiday uh, life day treasury where they're talking about the Kyber mirror at one of the temples. Yeah, yeah. Uh it- it's in there. It pops up in the rising storm. And then that, like all of this, that's right. We, that's we got right. a bunch of Kyber mirror stories, like in a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, is the, is the thing in the cave on Octo that Ray looks into? Is that a Kyber oh. mirror? Like, I didn't even, I'm, think I'm, of I'm, that. I really dig the idea. I like it. I like it. Hey, subscribe, sir. Subscribe. <laughs> you got this. Um, so the thing is gone and they end up coming face to face with the Jedi. So like the Ronin is fighting Hanrai. And then it's there that we learned that the Fox was like one of Hanrai's pupils or one of his Jedi or one of his Padawans or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes things complicated. And also we find out that Chie was a spy for the Jedi. So things get a little complicated in there. And that's also like, like all of this stuff kind of comes to a head. Ronin gets captured. Uh, Kauru catches up with them. But she ends up like with Akia, like helping everybody instead of fighting the Ronin because the Ronin's fighting a Jedi. The Ronin busy. Um, and then they sort of all escape. But now they have Kodu instead of the Ronin. <laughs> uh, and Chire, Chie, I think, is with ends up going with Handrai and the Ronin aboard the Reverend, which is it sounds like a giant Star Destroyer. But it sounds like a fancy Star Destroyer with like right. gold and inside like it looks like it has like. I don't know, like the way that this is like all of the settings in this book are beautifully described. And I don't know how to do justice to that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's really pretty in, in it the book. It sounds dope. It sounds dope. It's I would love to kick it there. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's see what do we got here. So like he's captured and they're trying to like figure out exactly what he's up to. And the voice is like, come back to the Ronin now. And is sort of like egging him on. And at one point the Ronin just destroys the ship. Like he's fighting Hanrai and then he kills Hanrai and then Hanrai gets up and then question mark, question mark, the Ronin just starts using the force 
to destroy the entire ship and everybody has to leave. Well, that was a fun kind of what the Chekhov's gun thing, because he, he does something like that on the poor crow early on uh-huh. where he, he starts to mess with the ship and they're like, whoa, 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 stop, please. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and and so it's kind of like this threat that he can do it. And yeah, mm-hmm. he can just like walk around and rip a ship apart. <laughs> yeah. Which I believe we learned that he also did against the Sith. Yeah. Like that was one of the first things, like when he destroyed everybody, <laughs> like that uh-huh. was one of those. Step one, destroy the whole ship. Step two, uh, hear a voice in your head. I don't know. <laughs> Question mark profit. <laughs> Step three, never turn your lightsaber off. <laughs> um, oh, another thing that we didn't mention, I think they also talk about how the scabbard that he makes for his blade is like made of his like of Sith that he's killed like his former his former teammates I don't even know what to call them like <laughs> yeah. his former people he's as he hunts them down like not only does he save a kyber but he's like I'm going to throw this piece on the end right here have another lightsaber come out the back of it it's going to be awesome I I love the scabbard built out of other hilts, which uh, Mm -hmm. that's, again, something that I put on YouTube just to be like, this is a cool idea. And people are like, but we saw on the short that lightsabers can cut through hilts. So this doesn't work. I'm like, I don't care. It's cool. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) That's why he that's why he so dramatically has to pull it out like straight. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Every time. Perfectly. um, Even though the scabbard's curved. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to make sense. But we see that uh, Koru can fix the lightsaber because yeah it it will not turn off so what what's your thoughts on that why do you think the lightsaber doesn't turn off and why do you think the ronin never even attempted to fix it because it didn't seem like it was that hard yeah it's very clear in the book that it was broken and he didn't fix it like they say that and then of course like horu gets and she fixes it right up and she's like i don't know what his problem was right um i feel like thematically like it's he's broken you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like so thematically it fits him but like in universe i just think it's like another of the weight another of the pieces of armor i don't know like the way that he carries himself the way that he um like everything is a is like a painful memory so like the blade never turning off and the scabbard made from all the broken pieces of his former I keep saying teammates or whatever, like that's all part of his, his, uh, like him keeping his memories and his Kyber and his little pieces and all of that, like weighing him down. I feel like if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of what I figured. I I thought that maybe the, the inability to turn it off was kind of like his mission where he's just, he's got to constantly keep moving, constantly keep Mm -hmm. hunting Sith, but yeah, I was. I figured that was completely up for interpretation. So yeah, I also feel uh, early in the book they talk about how, you know, I think the traveler says to him, you know, hey, you're, uh, you know, you're wearing all these outlawed blades and stuff. You know, you're looking like a warrior. And the Ronin says something to himself like, you know, yeah, he knew it was a danger. You know, it's he seemed to he kind of wore him to ward off enemies, but also it seemed to invite trouble at the same time. But he says something in his head like it didn't matter. He was going to keep wearing him because anybody who tried to pick a fight with him deserved to have a warning before he killed him <laughs> or them, <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of funny uh, and interesting in a weird way. The yeah, the, the lightsaber and the inability to make it turn off. I feel like like that's another one of those pieces how I, I've listened to a few of uh, Emma's interviews Mm-hmm. And they've said a couple of things like the studios told them he's a Sith. His lightsaber does not turn off. Uh, he saves a village, blah, 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 blah. And Emma sort of like extracted all of that to build this world. Okay. Like if the Sith is helping the villagers and the Sith are the rebel, you know, then and the Jedi, ser- then the Jedi serve the Lords. And like sort of that's how mm-hmm. they got to that place. So I feel like, they did a good job of making that like making me feel like his brokenness is why he didn't fix his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, man, this is a good book. And I feel like I don't have pretty words. (laughs) 
<laughs> because the book is so uh, like yeah like you said it before the prose i don't want to call it poetry but it's the kind of prose that feels like poetry you know what i mean uh yeah as as uh as the traveler would say look no theatrics but man am i gonna tell you this story really cool <laughs> flute doodle do flute solo um let's see so uh, it, uh, the, the ronin destroys the entire ship which is rad and crazy and uh, what what did i put it like like in my this has got to be from an anime or something but like in my head the image of the ronin like calmly walking down as everything is exploding around him is like how i see it happening you know what i mean and then yeah. also through that uh they all get back on the park row. They escape and everything. And I think that's when we find out that the traveler foxes, they take apart Fox's saber and his Kyber crystal is the, the shard of the mirror. So that's right. Yeah. That's how they find it. And then he's like, Oh, you went to the graveyard and picked up my thingy, my Bob, you jerk. Um, and then you also find out, so Fox, we get Fox's backstory, which is the Traveler was a Jedi, the pupil of Hanrai, and they were sent to destroy the witch, which is, the witch is why dead people come back. The witch is why one of the things that like the Dark Lord first destroyed, the witch is causing a lot of havoc in the galaxy at this point in time. The witch is the voice inside the Ronin's head. And also appears in other people's head. Like when Koru wakes up, she hears the witch, you know. So mm -hmm. the fox was sent to kill the witch. And when the fox got there, they didn't kill the witch. They took care of her. Yeah. I'll talk about that more in a minute. But they sort of disappeared for an indeterminate amount of time. And then later popped up with the, with the other crew. And, and the, uh, the Jedi, Hanrai, lost them at that point. So when the fox pops up back later, it's like going against Hanrai, former master and all of that. And there's some really, really uh, like I really like once you find out the fox's story, it's also interesting. But it ties in so much with the, the witch and the voice and all that. They go they go to Reizu. And this in my head, this was very much of a like when Zeb finds the coordinates to uh, <laughs> to get them past the like pretty star field that can kill them. Um, yeah, yeah. He like he's trying to manually put in the coordinates and it's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then he's like, huh, focus. And then it works. And you're like, oh, we found Reizu. And that's super Mortis vibes. Exactly like you were saying. And it is a ghost world. It is like it's almost like I got the vibe that it was like frozen. Like it's almost frozen in yeah. time after its destruction. And all of these shades, because apparently what happens is when. When whoever Jedi or Sith is killed in battle. The witch resurrects them. But when they resurrect them, it almost seems like, I don't want to use the word zombie, but more like a ghost that can kill you. But I guess zombie would be a better term because they're kind of physical and you can sort of kill them. Well, they're kind of physical and it's like there's an influence that the the witch wants them to give into. Right. And uh, like uh, Koru is constantly fighting against that. And the witch is like, ah, eh, just... Just let go. <laughs> oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of it. Just let go. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, zombie, I think, is a good description if they let go. But yeah, they can they can combat it. There's like, I mean, there's like a big difference. Like Koru, like retains her will, her thoughts, her intentions, and has like Koru is different from the rest of them. Like I don't I don't know if we ever get to know why, other than maybe she didn't let go. Maybe you're right. Yeah, that, that I think that um, that's what you like, took from. Uh, it? Yeah, I think Koru and, uh, and the Ronin, right? Because I don't know if the Ronin is a or zombie, the, the but fox, right? But yeah, the, these people that were resurrected, mm -hmm. uh, you can keep your free will if you have a strong enough will. But I think that there were yeah these other people who okay. maybe they were not strong willed enough, or maybe they were just under her influence for too long and eventually right. <laughs> right. had to give up, right? Okay, that's cool. Man, this is crazy. Um, so it's like they get there and, they, and they're and they finally... And they rescued a bunch of younglings from the uh, blowing up Star Destroyer. 
I imagine mm-hmm. it was a Star Destroyer. <laughs> so now they have like a crew of younglings. They recover the Kyber and like they're all sort of making this pilgrimage. You know, because their thing is they're trying to bring it to Reizu, to that temple. I should have wrote down the name of it, but I didn't. Smart guy. The Shinsui Temple. I remembered it. Sal explained. Um, <laughs> to So they can lay these things to rest and hopefully pacify these ghosts, the witch, and like free these ghosts and these regrets. Like, which I also think ties into their personal story. You know, like of their not redemption, but their penance, their atonement, whatever you want to call it, um, as they get closer. But as they get mm-hmm. closer, like the world, these go- these ghosts are like all along the path. So they're like fighting the whole way there. The world seems to be frozen in that destruction, but also like not let like all the temples are still standing. All the things are still happening. It's just surrounded by ghosts and no living thing. Um and the witch appears there and is like, all right, come to the temple then, you know, and we'll finish this. And they're like, all right, that's what we got to do. And the Ronin is like messed up because I think the Ronin got like messed up in the fight with Hanrei, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. So like, you know, he's got like a breathing apparatus or something on at the time and they're making the path and they know that the Ronin has got to be the one to do the thing. <laughs> that's right. And they have to get him there alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it's Fox and Koru and they're like all sort of like fighting their way there, which I don't know if you play a lot of video games, Alex, but I'm fond of a Final Fantasy or two. (laughs) And if you've ever played a game called Final Fantasy X, it reminded me so much like thematically, because that's another game that has like ghosts are a part and penance is a part of the theme. And when you sort of get to this area, like, the whole idea of the game is that the, you know, the summoner, you're supposed to help the summoner go to get all these summons so that they can like do the pilgrimage to, to the final temple to get the final summons so they can beat the big bad thing. But as they get like more along their journey and collect more power, they also see more of the world and the death and the like, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but like it felt like this. Um, That's I have not played 10. I yeah. think I've played six and seven. <laughs> That's like my favorite one is six. <laughs> I love that game. Kefka. Yep. Kefka. Yeah. It's all about Kefka. It's all about shadow. It's all about like lock. And those <laughs> are good times back in the SNES. I, I used to play that game back when they called it Final Fantasy three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, just the idea of this like dead world that they're traveling through. And as they get closer, like technology doesn't work. So like B5 doesn't work and they're they're like, they're trying to take B5 as far as they can until they finally have to leave him behind. Uh, So that's kind of sad. Yeah. (laughs) And then at one point, like Koru gets like thrown off a cliff and you think she dies and she does and she gets up again. (laughs) Um, But this point in her story is like when she really decides to like let go and make peace or I don't know what, because she comes back. At the at the uh, once they finally get there, they get to the Shinsui Temple. They come back to the mirror, and the big reveal of the book, uh, man, like it sounds so crappy the way I'm explaining it, but it's so dope. Is that the witch is not the voice that he hears in his head? It's not his witch. The witch is their daughter, who somehow exists. You know through this place and and like what happened when the fox got there years ago like the fox found this little girl so the fox took care of her and raised her and helped her you know like but the girl is stuck in this world Mm -hmm. and so the girl is sort of like lashing out at everything like with these ghosts and with this power of the mirror or i don't know like it's star wars it doesn't need to all like add up (laughs) if you're asking me to try to like explain and make sense of it Dude, I can't even tell you how hyperspace works, so leave me alone. <laughs> um, but it is a beautiful, and it's, like, heartbreaking. And the thing, like, the, like, Ronan goes in there to face her and f- realizes that it's his daughter. And, like, I think she kills him, basically. She, like, comes at him and stabs him. And he, like, the way, like, I can't even describe it the way it's described, man. He grabs her and, like, wraps her up, and he, like, pulls her and, like basically like 
shatters the mirror. Like they're inside the mirror world and he like breaks through to the other side back into the real quote unquote world. And like, that's how he saves her. And like, it's like beautifully painted, like written. And I don't know how to do that justice. (laughs) Like, it's just really cool, man. And it's not that all of this is very hazy to me at this point. It's it's like not the kind of thing that you like, you know, the, the like a Star Wars, you know, you picture this grand epic lightsaber battle on a lava planet. Like this is none of that. Like this is two people having a moment like and he, he's finally feeling something and realizing something that he's never known. Like all of the emotional slash climax of this is like two people looking at each other. You know what I mean? Like in, in a, in such a personal way. And that's like the beauty of it. I think, I don't know. I just, I, I really, really liked it and it was well done. And that's like, they find, they save the witch. He's finally like, okay. And you know, we cut to like a small little epilogue and they're like, they're like in Reizu still which has been found now. Like people live on it. There's like little cafes. There's a little tea house. They're hanging out in the tea house. And um, she's there. His daughter's there now. And like we close on like he's, she was at, she's asking about the lightsaber and he's like, I'll show you how to build one. <laughs> and that's like such a beautiful ending as a, as a parent, <laughs> like that's such a cool thing <laughs> that, that I enjoyed. And I don't think there's a better, like for a whole book we watched this dude walk around with all of these regrets and all of these pains and to see him sort of like look towards the future for once i think is like the perfect ending yeah i don't know yeah that's true like he was so (laughs) intent on like uh hunting down and killing also people that i mean not like literal children but uh his creations Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Like those, man, that's deep, buddy. That's deep. <laughs> this is a hard one. Like this, this, it's, first of all, like to get all of this out of, like, I applaud the author for building this world out of a five minute anime about people fighting where the lightsaber mm-hmm. that doesn't turn, you know what I mean? Like how you get to hear from that, that's creative mastery like big claps big claps emma um and then on top of that like how you make something like this personal this i I don't know man like there's there's a this this is definitely outside of all of the star wars stuff that we're used to not to say there isn't like personal beautiful stories in star wars but i think this like sort of this visions universe captured something (laughs) You know, and the author captured it really well. Um, man, I love I love all the characters. I love Fox. I love the Ronin. I love the journey. And I really like this book, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like a little on the fence for it just because like I mentioned earlier, I, I, I kind of missed what I felt was the more pulpy side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whenever star Wars gets mythological and this is true about the mortis arc as well, it always takes me a minute to get used to it for, to when it, it, mm-hmm. it goes really mystical like that. Right. Um, but it's definitely a book that like I thought about for <laughs> days after I finished it and, it's something where, yeah, you can definitely feel how personal it is and feel that, yeah, there, Emma has something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of symbolism going on. And there, there's just a lot of stuff where I'm like, man, I don't know if I get it. And But it's fun to talk about those right, things right. of like, yeah, why, why won't his lightsaber turn off? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure like uh, I've seen a few of like Emma's tweet threads. And oh, yeah, they go really into like a huge detail on historical and like, you know, mythological significance of like things that I was like, wow, that is cool that he has a fox mask. How rad is that? I'm sorry, not he, they, uh, you know, fox has a fox mask. That is super cool. Um, 
only to realize like, yeah, I knew, I know about Kitsune kind of, and I know they're like trickster spirits, but there's so much thought that Emma put into about these, a lot of these like details that I'm sure I missed a jillion of them. Um, but I'm glad that they tweet about them a lot so that I can read them and learn and be happy. <laughs> That's the magic of Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should be their new tagline. Twitter, read, be happy. <laughs> and everyone's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's like, Twitter rejects your tagline, sir. Uh, I don't know. What else we got? A Book of Boba Fett came out yesterday. How'd that trailer hit you? Uh, it's all right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm... I'm it's weird because like I'm already sold. I'm gonna watch it. Right, of course. Um, but they they just showed so little that I'm like, this didn't really affect me either way. I'm sure it's more for mm-hmm. people who you know have no idea that this is coming out. Right. Uh, and just want to see Boba Fett doing some stuff. So I, I'm looking forward to. I'm sure there's gonna be a second trailer. Yeah. That yeah. Gives me a little bit more to go off of and a little more to be excited about because right now I'm just like. Yeah, I'm excited about the same thing I was already excited about. Yeah, Boba fair. Fett and Fennec Shand. Yep. And I think that's like my main takeaway from the trailer is like, man, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand just like walking into doors together, uh-huh. looking, giving each looking other looks on the tables <laughs> and like standing back to back. Uh, so I'm I'm good. Sell me nine episodes of that. I'm in. Um, but yeah, it was a little light on action. There was like, you know, one or two little action sequency stuff. But I, I like the setting. You know, everything looks good in Star Wars, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, a beautiful, like, white city surrounded by cliffs, and it looks cool. Oh, I love that, yeah. You know, a Dakondar-ish kind of guy sitting on a throne, man, cool. Yeah, I'm uh, always like, uh, let's get away from Tatooine, there are other planets, but then they showed us that, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's Tatooine or not, but if it is, I'm like, all right, I'm in, that looks cool. Yeah, Liz said the same thing, because this was like, is that Tatooine? I was like, I don't know, man, I don't make claims, because <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, don't, I have no, it looks like it could be, maybe. You know, and then she was like, so he's probably just taking over all Tatooine first. And I'm like, well, I mean, crime places have more than one place, right? Like he could go, I mean, it could be another planet. And we're sorry, we went over 20 minutes on that. Uh, but I think the most surprising thing that I was, I'm like, oh, my mom is going to love this show because my mom loves Flashdance and Jennifer Beals is in this uh, trailer. So I can't wait for my mom to be like, <gasps> you know, when I explain that to her. Uh, so that's going to be a good time. Uh, yes, I, I'm looking forward to it. I like this book and this is another one. I've done this book twice and I've done the audio book once. And I'm pretty sure that this is a book that I will revisit in the future more often than not. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm, I would like to say that I will. It's I I spend so much time reading already. Yeah, right, <laughs> like I I haven't even found the time to reread uh, Light of the Jedi or The Rising Storm, mm. which are books that I like was obsessed with. So I don't know. They Good just books. they need to give us a break on the books for like just mm-hmm. a minute, so I can revisit <laughs> some things. <laughs> the problem is they keep coming out with more books. Uh-huh. I'm not supposed to finish <laughs> the other books again. I Between that and like trying to you know read things that aren't Star Wars. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, it's it's hard. I mean, I'll have to trust you on that one. I don't think I've read a non-Star Wars book since like 91. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, it's been a while though, for sure. Because people are like, oh, like, have you checked this thing out? And I'm like, oh, that looks really, really cool. And then I'm like, oh, sorry. They came out with like 40 more Star Wars books. I got to get yeah. on it, guys. My bad. <laughs> also, there's a War of the Bounty Hunters. And it has 34 issues. And it is very mm-hmm. involved. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I should have a podcast coming out on that soon. So make sure you are tuned in. Alex, thank you for talking with me about this book. I am, this is a book unlike any, like I can say that no matter what, like this is definitely unlike any other Star Wars book out there. And if you dug the episode, you should dig this book. I I feel safe saying that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Alex, where can people check you out worldwide? <laughs> uh, on our YouTube channel, Star Wars Explained, uh, on Twitter at Star Wars Explained. I think that's our TikTok handle as well without the ED. Uh, 
We also, I just wrote and recorded my War of the Bounty Hunters video today nice. <laughs> to try to summarize nice. all 34 of those issues. So that should be coming out soon. I can't wait. Can't wait. I will Hopefully that'll help you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be checking that out. Uh, I know I'm, I, I wrote notes that are like, as long as a ridiculous like that, that little meme that people send it's like a really tall phone uh i wrote notes like that and i'm like we're gonna have to break this up into like you know three or four episodes probably mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's a it's it's good times oh that was my other thing i was like you know what if how crazy would it be if boba's over there building up his underworld thing and who does he come up against but another reborn crimson dawn <laughs> you know so that's my like throwing it out there into the world thing from the trailer all right you can check us out at roguerebels.com and also oh no we're the roguerebels.com and listen to this podcast share it with your friends and answer questions on spotify because i said so yay ronin yay swords that don't turn off all right i believe i will call it thank you very much alex 